0: Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. We have the pleasure to have a guest who always is behind the headlines, both making the news, but unlike a lot of other people who have influenced in New Haven, she doesn't call attention to herself. She doesn't hold a lot of press conferences, hire press agents, or look to, to be talked about. She just looks to get the job done. Her name is Taisha uh, walker Myers. She's the president of the Board of Alders which is basically right up there with the mayor in terms of running things in New Haven. Taisha, welcome to Dateline New Haven, and thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: And I'm going to ask you to get real close to the mic, if you don't mind, when you talk, just not quite touching it. And something you told me really interesting before we went on the air is that, you know, you're so busy, you're everywhere in town, in a lot of rooms, a lot of small rooms, a lot of people. And, I mean, you haven't gotten sick since the pandemic started.
1: I have not. I'm blessed. All God. Um, I really appreciate it. I was very nervous in the beginning of the pandemic because I have underlying health conditions. I have not gotten sick. I keep my distance. Um I just came out of a mass in certain spaces, still require mass in a lot of spaces, constantly washing my hands and doing a lot of praying.
0: And the truth is you're just you're doing something right because even if you do all those things. You're around everybody, and like half half the world is sick right now. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's great, Ty. You know that that stays up. So, how's this year go? We're closing up 2022. This is your 11th year, I believe, on the board of alders. You were a part of a group of people who ran together, saying we want to bring a more labor, labor and working focus, community focus to the board, and have the board really be a partner in governing. That's just like in Washington, when you have a Congress and a president. We were going to have a board of alders and a mayor, and they're going to run things together. How did this year go? Was it, was it a successful year in that sense? Did you feel you got good work done?
1: I feel like when you talk about success, it depends on who you're talking to and how it's viewed. Um, I think every year on the Board of orders is successful because we can always point to the good things that we're proud of that we accomplished. Um, this year has been a rough year on the Board of orders. Um, I think a lot of different orders, just a lot of different people in the city is experiencing a lot of different things.
0: Are you talking about like when someone just in loses someone in a family? Yeah. Or you're talking the other day, Honda Smith was close to the 16 year old who yes. was shot dead. Yeah.
1: So when that happens, that affects the board. When someone on a board lose someone, that affects all of us. So I feel like this year we had a rough year, but we've been able to accomplish a lot of things that we're really proud of.
0: So What, what are some things you're proud of?
1: So when we first started off the year, we had a new group of alders that was going to be working with us. We knew we had to get through redistricting and a number mm. of different things. And we were successful. In that doing was really stuff.
0: uncontroversial redistricting. Usually that's kind of a big deal. Every 10 years, we the districts.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you just, it's all about communication and how you communicate with others and doing the work. So a lot of times you kind of go in knowing what you think, then you talk to your constituents and you understand how they view it, and then you try to bring it all together and work Mm -hmm. with people. Um, And I think we did a really good job working together to try to figure out what we wanted to accomplish for the city.
0: So redistricting is one big. Anything else comes to mind? Oh, no, you guys took a stand on the police chief. So this was a case where 10 years ago, you changed the uh, charter so that um, the police chief was someone who would need to be not picked by the board of alders, but like when Congress holds hearings on a nomination. You guys did, and you don't very often say no, almost never, you said no to the pick of the police chief and the mayor, and someone else was picked who's quite popular right now. When you look at that experience, how do you interpret that? Do you think you guys were doing an important job? Did you do a benefit for the city?
1: Absolutely, I believe we did an important job, and I think we actually did what was best for the city. Um, a lot of times, you know, you're going to have people that agree with the decision and disagree with this decision, and that's fine. Um, but I think, as far as the Board of Alders, That is one of our priorities on our legislative agenda. So we had an opportunity to really make sure um, that we were pushing what the neighborhoods actually needed. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that um, the person that was in place is not a good person. It's not it's not personal at all. It's just what we see and what we need in the city and how we can move it forward. And that was the best decision. Um, you can tell it wasn't just one person. Mm-hmm. It was the board taking step.
0: Well, is that a way that the board reflects neighborhood level input? Because when people talk about government, they talk about the need to have someone in charge who has a lot of ability to look at the big picture, look at the whole city. And then you have a legislature where you everyone is elected by a smaller group of people who get their voices heard. And then you kind of have Taisha in the middle, like you're dealing with the members who have to answer to their people. But you're also you do have a citywide role. Did that come into play with the police chief? Was this a citywide concern that grew from the grassroots?
1: I think it grew from the grassroots. I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, I think it's really important that the alders stay connected with their community. Mm -hmm. Um, And when these kinds of decisions happen, um, you're talking to your constituents. You're understanding what your constituents need. And when you vote, it's reflected there. Um, And, you know, it's tough. It's never... Easy when you have to make a decision, and some of your constituents might think nothing's wrong, mm-hmm. and some might think it is, and you have to be that person to evaluate what's right.
0: And uh, so we we did have half as many homicides this year, mm-hmm. same number of shootings, fewer shots fired. General, mm-hmm. you know, those numbers would tell us whether we're making progress in policing, and obviously everyone knows we need to make more. Or do you feel like the progress is less numerical? Do you feel a difference in how the police are doing their job or relating to community? Has there been an improvement?
1: Yes. I believe it's an improvement in how the police are communicating and dealing with the community. Mm -hmm. Um, We can always look at all the numbers and all the statistics. Like even when, you know, kids are in school, we look at test scores and things of that nature. To me, that's just a basis, right? That tells a story Um, about what's going on, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Um, And and I actually think that in conversations with a lot of the alders that's in conversations with a lot of their community members, that some people in our city actually feel like the relationship with the police is getting better. Mm -hmm. They're seeing them more in different places. Not always when something terrible happens, but in other occasions. And I think that's what's really important because, in order for our police department to be able to truly community police our residents, it has to be some type of relationship and respect built
0: there. I'm thinking when you first got elected in 2011, I remember the first press conference I went to where you showed up. All you people who are new went to the substation in New Hallville and you said, We got to bring community policing back. In fact, it was just there for the primary, you hadn't taken office yet. And John Stephan mayor, said, well, these guys are now in power. I'm going to listen to what they're saying. And he brought in a different chief who revived community policing. It's kind of interesting. A decade later, you were back making the same push. Do you think that certain issues don't just get fixed in a day, fixed at a turn? You have to keep fighting the same battle sometimes to keep a vision in place? Because, I mean, you were saying the same thing a decades later. A decade later.
1: Absolutely. Um, when I first came into office, I believed you could just snap your fingers and fix everything. <laughs> um, but after being in office, I understand that it's a process to everything. And and I believe things that's really important, you should always keep in the forefront. So that's how you make it better. So 10 years ago, I think what we envisioned community policing to be, I think is different today.
0: How's it different?
1: Um. So when we talked about community policing, a lot of those conversations was strictly about having police walk the beat. Now we're talking about having police do untraditional things like uh, forming and building beyond just like PAL programs and things of that nature, really connecting with the community and really understanding that is so many different factors um, that go into why a person ultimately go out there and commit crime. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that police officers should be. Teachers and all of that stuff, but in essence, that's what we all are in our community. I feel like, in order for us to have a city that we all could be proud of, we all have to do the work, we all have to do whatever it takes to make sure that our city is safe, our residents feel safe, and we want our police officers to go home at night to their families.
0: And Tyusha Walker Myers is the president of the Board of Alders. Been in office 11 years, and she's doing a year-end wrap-up and a year-ahead look for us here on Dateline New Haven, WNHH, New Haven's home for community policing. You mentioned uh, schools. That was a big issue this year. And again, numbers, too. Like Eileen Chase, superintendent, said, you know, numbers matter, but everyone kind of freaks out always saying there's some new reading number because the majority of the kids aren't reading at grade level. We had pandemic problems. But there's some numbers that are worse in New Haven than other places in the state, like absenteeism. There was an argument about whether we're using the old way of reading and whether the rest of the state and the country's moved on and we haven't. When you look at all these many hours you personally spent in hearings this year and meetings about what are we going to do about the schools? Because New Haven is like everywhere else and that kids are just freaking out and teachers, you know, teachers are leaving, people bouncing off the walls after the pandemic. After all that, the year of all this emotion, all these meetings, where do you come down now about the schools? Where are we at? What needs to be done and what's going on?
1: So I don't have all the answers and I'm not (laughs) going to pretend um, that I do. Um, I do believe we have to have data, right? So we have to know the numbers um, and we have to know what, be able to recognize the problem. Um, But it's disheartening when I hear, um, well, we're not doing as bad as other places. I'm really not concerned about what's going on in other places. I'm concerned about what's going on in New Haven, Connecticut, because I know if, children don't have adequate education. I know what that looked like um, for children that look like me. Mm -hmm. So I know what that looked like. So I'm concerned about how they are being educated and whether we're doing everything that we need to do for them. So we already recognize the problem. We said, you know, COVID was an issue, but we're coming out of COVID. So we Mm kind of can't keep saying COVID We have to put things in place that's going to tackle the issue that we recognize that COVID was going to have on our children. Because I'm pretty sure we knew having kids out of school for a certain length of time could hurt some kids, but be beneficial to others. Right. So you constantly have to be in this mind frame about thinking about how to be two steps ahead and what we actually need to do, because every child learns different. I have two girls, both very smart, but they both learn different. Um, and my mom was an educator. So I care a lot about
0: What would you like to see? Now, there's a limit to what you can do. The alders cannot make any individual decisions about schools. You do vote up and down once a year Mm -hmm. on the amount of money the city sends to schools, which is not their whole budget or even most. And you do hold hearings. This year, you guys held hearings at the alders to bring these issues to light. What do you think's been accomplished? What needs to happen next specifically in your mind? I know you don't have all the answers, but, but you've made it clear here and in public that you think there's a problem. That we got to deal with the problem. What do we need to do? Not more broadly, like is the new superintendent a chance to pick a certain kind of person or what do you want to see happen?
1: So I think the new superintendent is the opportunity to do a total reset, right? Because Mm. whenever you have the opportunity to um, explain your vision to someone that is going to take either office or whatever position, um, it's your opportunity to do a total reset. I think the board of auditors need to continue Holding adherence and bring into light the issues that the community is bringing to them as far as schools. I think the Board of Alders and the school system need to, um, and the Board of Ed need to develop a better working relationship and how we could tackle these issues together. Because we're on the ground too. We're not in the schools. We're not teachers. And educators, but we're on the ground. We're connected to the community and the residents. So I think we can all do a better job at working on that relationship and how we can actually work together um, to accomplish some things. So I'm hoping that um, come January that we're actually working on those things of how we can work collaboratively together to address some of the issues.
0: And One big issue you spent a lot of time on this year was affordable housing. And you, and you folks passed a new law. We have an inclusionary zoning law that says downtown, if you're going to build new apartments, ten percent have to be affordable. Five percent in the neighborhoods. Are um, You feeling good about that? And how are you feeling about the overall boom in building? Do we are we, are we doing? Are we on the right track?
1: We need affordable housing in the city. Um, even working people, we're having a hard time finding housing in mm-hmm. the city. So how you view affordable is different the different, um, different residency affordable in a different way. Um, I actually think we are on the right track because we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to do more, right? We always could do more, and we have to uh, look at what we could actually do. Um, but we have to figure it out. I grew up here. I want to be able to stay here. I want my children to stay here. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to feel like they have to go beyond New Haven because they can't afford to live here. Even with a good job, I'm hearing from residents that have good jobs that, that are trying to move to different neighborhoods for their family and they can't afford to do so. So we have to do a better job at figuring out what ways we could actually bring different types of affordable housing here. Cause we have workforce housing that could be an asset here as well. So I think we need to look broadly more broadly on how we can bring those type of things to the city. And then ultimately we have to um, start working with other partners um, in different, in different places, different cities, different counties, everything. Right? I saw
0: your face when you came to the we old to Farnham courts, which is now Mill river. And there was an event there and I had the same person you did walking in Oh, I said, where am I? Am I some kind of movie where they drop me in a future spaceship? Because that place used to be so run down and dangerous. And it's this really beautiful community, New Off Grand. You're talking about going there as a kid. And, you, you, you know, I think sometimes people don't pay attention to how much the public housing has improved in New Haven. I don't know if you have that view, too. You have a lot of it in your district. I don't know how the, how much the, um, the, the housing in your district has improved. I know that Dixwell and West Rock and Fairhaven has been quite an improvement. Has it?
1: Yes, I was impressed with Farnham Court. So I used to live in Farnham Court.
0: Oh, you lived in there? Yes. I, oh, I lived thought you said you used to visit, No, 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 no,
1: no, no. I lived in Farnham Court um, when I had my, not not as a, a kid, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I lived in Farnham Court, so it was amazing to see how it transformed. It was, it was amazing. It's beautiful. Um, and I think Housing Authority is doing a better job at making their um, development safe um, clean and it's affordable housing. And I think sometimes when we think about affordable housing, we think about what it used to be mm-hmm. um, versus what it is now. So in my, in my area um, we have the Waverly.
0: Um, Your townhouse apartments. and the Cas Baker Motley, right?
1: Mm-hmm. The, the Waverly is in I, my area. Oh, okay. So they got remodeled mm-hmm. um, over there. We spent a lot of time over there. I'm over there all the time. We did the food, Giveaway, I went to Waverly.
0: And you also gave the mass stuff, I remember. Also, in your neighborhood, correct? I don't know if it's directly in your district or Frank Douglas's is the Antillian Manor, which was a co-op. You know, it always breaks my heart how all these co-ops fell apart. Because that's great housing where people own it and and affordable housing. So they are selling it. They're moving the tenants out and remodeling. Are you happy with how that went?
1: Yes, that's in my neighborhood. Yes, I'm happy um, how that went because we work with the residents to figure that out. You, so you had a direct important. role in
0: that. And did you feel like you were able to have influence on making sure they're guaranteed spaces to go back to and guaranteeing spaces to remove to?
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And then the, the neuroscience center is coming in. Here. Yale's building a huge new, you know, New Haven neuroscience theory in the neighborhood. It was a little bit controversial. Some neighbors said it's going to be too much pollution, too many cars. Other people say, oh my God, these, they're building up these blocks. There'd be tons of jobs in addition to solving some big health uh, challenges for us about as people get older and their brains need yeah. research and care. What, um, what's your take on all that? Are you excited about that coming? You feel there are concerns?
1: I'm excited about it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I think everybody opinion, um, whether it's, uh, it's going to help or not, I think is valid depending on how you look at the situation. Um, but I think it's really important. I'm a person that find value in medicine. I have Epilepsy. You so, yes, I did.
0: Does that ever come out in public? Do you carry an EpiPen? No. no.
1: like I keep all my stuff private, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see the value in a neuroscience center. Um, I have a lot of constituents that deal with those type of issues as well. So I think it would be an added value um, to the neighborhood. And we just have to make sure they're a good partner. It's like with anything even if a neighbor moved right next door to my house, um, it could be a good thing or not a, such a good thing. It's just we have to figure out how we could continue to move our community and our neighborhoods forward and hold people accountable. I think that's really what it's and what all about. What are we going to do
0: about the big landlords that there have been so many concerns about buying up the properties and not doing a good job? Big Tens of millions of dollars to buy more property than the housing authority has to house people on Section 8. Mm-hmm. Is there What do you think can or should be done about that?
1: Well, one thing I think we have to do a better job at doing is getting people actually prepared to buy, right? Mm -hmm. Getting people prepared. And I know these mega landlords have tons of money. They come with all this money so they can buy up 10, 20, 30 properties at a time and things of that nature. Um, But I think we have to get back to like community owning homes here. Because um, I think that's really important.
0: Can the orders do that? I guess you have already worked on some kind of home buying projects. It's hard to get a lot of that done.
1: It's hard to get a lot of that but done. But there is money. And we're constantly looking at different ways. It just take a while, right? The things, I'm pretty sure if you ask any order, like what the perfect New Haven looked like to them. Um, and if they had a magic wand, what they would want to happen. I'm pretty sure all of them will have different ideas, but a lot similar it just take a while to accomplish the things that we're at. Let's go back to, to that.
0: Accomplish. You talked about it at the beginning about when you first went all do you thought you could just make it happen snap your fingers you know So Tayisha, you're 11 years in are you how do you see it now how do you feel your job how do you like being the president of the board what do you feel you can accomplish what do you feel you'd like to be different
1: So I like being a president of the board I like holding the group together um, I like being able to assist the alders if they need my assistance um, and helping with their neighborhoods. Um, I'm constantly thinking about the city holistically, not just for my ward, but mm-hmm. beyond my ward. So I really enjoy that. What would I like to be different?
0: Or do you want to keep doing it? I mean, do you want to be doing this another two years, five years? You can keep running for reelection and running the board.
1: You know, I think about this a lot. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of time spent away from my family. But it's worth it when my constituents come and I can see where we used to be in the neighborhood and where we is now. So I don't know. I don't think about, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, in the next five years, I have to do this. Oh, in the next 10 years, I'm going to do this. I, I really don't work like that. I just continue to do the work. And if my community continue to elect me and I have the strength to continue representing them, that's what I'm going to
0: do. I had other questions, but I tell you, that's kind of a nice way to end. (laughs) What are you reading these days? You're a big reader.
1: Oh yeah, I am. So I'm reading a book called I remember. um, And it's, it's amazing. I started reading it, got it right off of Amazon. The author, I know the author's daughter, I'm blanking on her name right now. Um, but it is amazing. What's it I, about? It's about her life. I love reading stories about people's lives um, because those are the things that kept to me. I remember you made.
0: telling me that it was a young age where books sort of became your portal to the wider world. And that's kept up.
1: It's kept up. I read all the time. I find time to read because I think it's really important. I make sure I make sure I have a granddaughter. She's three years old.
0: I've seen her with you everywhere. She literally
1: (laughs) reads like she's in first grade. She can read anything. And I think reading is so fundamental and important. So I make sure she's reading everything because a lot of times um, people hide knowledge, in my opinion, in different places. So I want to find it. I want to read everything, even things that I really don't like too much. I still read it.
0: I like watching, Everything interests me. I liked watching your world from a distance, watching because you don't speak much to the press. I like watching how your world expanded when you became president of the board. You went to China. You've learned to go from representing your neighborhood to keeping a citywide board together. You've been negotiating on big deals. It's to be, is it exciting to have your world brought in that way? Is it like reading a book and taking an adventure to a new world?
1: Yes, it's like writing a book. Each chapter is different. I look forward to it. I love it. I actually love representing people I think that's why I don't talk to the press a lot or I'm not always out there jumping up talking about me, me, because I really don't feel like it's about me. I get my excitement and my gratification from making other people happy. Um, And when I go to bed at night and I can help someone get a job or I can help someone with their housing situation or I can help someone with a little bit of food, that's what makes me feel good. Those are things that I care about. I care about, because it's not just about me. I can figure it out for myself. Um, But I feel like we should be helping other people come up to where we are. So that's what I take pride in. That's what I really love. I think that's why I enjoy representing the city. Um, I love the city of New Haven. I had plenty of opportunities to leave here, and I chose not to. um, Because I really love it. And until... God say I can't do this work. I'm going to continue to do it cuz I really enjoy it and it's not about titles for me. It's not about getting having people saying thank you cuz it don't always come with thank yous, which is fine. <laughs> um some, you know, that's fine. I just really enjoy helping and representing people. That's my passion. I feel like that's what I was put on this earth to do. So I want to make sure I'm living out my own dream for myself.
0: I hope that you continue living out the dream in 2023 and well beyond. Tayisha Mark Mark Myers. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by WNHH FM with your busy life. And I, congratulations on a busy year. And I hope that many more successes to come. We're going to take a break, break, folks. Uh, We're going to listen to the Afro Semitic Experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. And then we're going to be back with Tom Goldenberg, who is looking for a title, Mayor of New Haven. We'll see what he has to say. Enjoy the music. We'll catch you after the break.